WSJU Radio, DJ Mad Max on air here, and we have a very special guest here in the building, the greatest graphic design artist I know, and the best at St. John's University. Please introduce yourself. Appreciate it. My name is Zaire Adams. You can find me on Instagram at Mm trippyzay, T-R-I-P-P-Y-Y dot Z-A-Y. And if you're looking for any flyers to be made for you, album covers, cartoon characters, for you, of your face, your full body, anything like that, you can find my design account at Zay Designs that at Z A Y D E S I G N S T H A T. And everyone, go find his pages, follow him, and hit him up if you have any interest in anything music. What else do you do? Any requests? Also, I do produce on the side. Yeah, um, go check out his beats. His beats are fire as well. My main page that's where you find some of the beats I produce. So look at that too. I do all that. Anything that has to do with creativity, I can do any of that. So hit me up on my Instagram. Zay, Zay designs that or Trippy Zay. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. He also made the flyer for the show tonight. Uh, Sean Stockman 
should be calling in around 8.15 p.m. I want everyone to stay tuned for that. Now, Boys to Men isn't just an ordinary R&B group. They're legends. Definitely. They're definitely legends. Hits after hits. Four-time Grammy Award winners. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, too. My favorite song is End of the Road. End of the Road? Favorite song. I, I, I love End of the Road. That, that, that's, that, that's like the most mainstream Boys to Men song. I love it. That's probably my favorite, but there's so many of them. You got I'll Make Love to You on Bended Knee, the Motown Philly, which we opened up the show with. Uh, countless amounts of others. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. That's a great one. And uh, Dear God, which is off of Evolution, which I feel like is a great closeout to that album. We can go on and on about Boys to Men. Uh, definitely Legends. Sean Stockman should be calling in 815. Um, after we do the interview with Sean, we will be uh, putting on some Boys to Men songs for you, as well as coming back on to talk sports with uh, Uncle Phil. So stay tuned to that, and we will play Sean Stockman's Feeling a Little Something right now. And uh, that is off his Sean EP. Any other expectations for the show tonight or anything you want to add about Boys to Men before we hit the music? I just know, I know it's going to be a great show. I just want to say that, you know, the R&B that if I'm Boys to Men is hard to find nowadays. And hearing their music... Over, like, I always have a repeat because the music is so good and so authentic. And that's, that's all I want to say for now. Mm. And if you're tuned in, remember this is WSJU Radio, Sports and It Up with DJ Mad Max. You could find us on the TuneIn app and check out the WSJU Instagram and Twitter page, as well as our personal pages, which is mine, is uh, The Real Max, T H E R E E L M A X. And give them your desire. Hit me up on Instagram, Trippy Zay, Trippy dot Zay, T R I P P Y Y dot Z A Y. Then hit my my design account if you need anything, some flyers, a cartoon, anything like that. You can always hit me up. Zay Zay designs that Z A Y D E S I G N S T H A T. All right, and now you heard it, and we're gonna throw on Sean Stockman's film little something off his newest EP which is the Sean EP, and uh, when we come back on air, we'll be live with Sean Stockman of Boys to Men. Stay tuned. Let's show them. So she told me, rolling over, she had something to show Got everything I wanted. 
so my intuition told me. Cause she got everything on it, but she only wants to know me. Little does she know right now. I mean, I just know somehow. This won't be a one night thing, but she gonna be wearing my ring. Oh, one day on shopping sprees, whatever she wanted from me.
WSAU Radio DJ Mad Max on air here, and we have a very special guest, a very, very special guest here on the phone lines from the greatest R&B group of all time with four Grammy Awards, nine American Music Awards, nine Soul Train Awards, three Billboard Awards, and also a 2011 MOBO Award for Outstanding Contribution to Music, and also a star on the Hollywood Walk, Hollywood Walk of Fame. I want to give a round of applause for Sean Stockman of Boys to Men right now. Sean Stockman. Nothing much. I appreciate you calling into the show tonight. Happy birthday, Dor. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So uh, my wife and I took her out for a nice, uh, elegant lunch at Benihana's. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so now she has to go home and do some uh, homework for a science test tomorrow. So, you know, you got to add that to the list of accolades and stuff. I'm, I'm also a proud dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I also have a special co-host in the building here tonight. His name is Zaire. He uh, designed the promo for the show. Yeah. Oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Good job, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, the mobile award from 2011, you said? Yeah, I don't remember half the stuff that we won, but I got a question for you guys, right? You guys are fairly young, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, just, like y'all watched the Grammys, I'm assuming, yesterday, right? Um, Actually, I did not, but Zaire did. I seen some highlights of Bacardi B. I didn't see her dress and everything. I seen, she, I seen that she won the award for her best hip-hop album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she did, which which was great. So, and congratulations to Cardi. That was, that was a big move. But I just wanted to ask, like, like just... What do the Grammys mean to younger kids? Does it does it still hold significance? Like, do y'all still hold it to a to a, a, a high esteem, or is it just like a well, you know, just another award show? I mean, I used to take the Grammys very seriously when I was younger and growing up, but it just seems like. <laughs> Artists, to me, like, for some reason, like, there's a lot of artists out there that don't, like, interest me as much as they used to. And it's, like, tough for me to watch because I can't, like, get into a lot of the artists today because I'm a big, uh, like, early 2000s, 90s uh, R&B and hip-hop listener. Now, I'm, now, now I'm, I'm interested in that because I, I have these conversations a lot with, you know, people my age and your age and even a little younger and stuff like that. So I'm just curious to know because... Here's the the, the, the the dichotomy of, of being, you know, an, an artist that's been in the game for over 20 years and seeing it change and still being in the game still, but just in a different plane. It's the same, I guess you could say, progression that every artist um, makes when you reach a certain you know, amount of years in, in the business. Like, when you have a certain opinion about the industry itself, a lot of times you're... Uh, deemed as the grumpy old man who, you know, doesn't yeah. like to see change or doesn't like change at all. And that's not the case at all, which is why I'm asking you guys, because you, you basically 
age feel the same way? Like, what what do you listen to? Um. Mostly 90s and early 2000s hip hop and R&B. It's just I feel like the sound is different. Um, I don't know. It's just always been like my analyzation of it, especially for hip hop with like the lyrics. Like because now we are in this uh, generation called mumble rap, and uh, the R&B today isn't like as soulful. It's more poppy. I feel like. Mm. Mm, mm. Okay. Because again, the reason why I'm asking is because. And mind you, I, all your points are valid because there's a lot of what you say, what I personally say mm-hmm. about a lot of the music. Like, if normally a song was something that one first was, uh, uh, you, you could understand. Yeah. <laughs> you could understand what the person is saying. It had a certain level of context to it where it, whether it was a, a party theme or a deep, intricate love theme, you still understood the theme. And it seems as though these days it's less variety as far as context and it, it becomes less legible. Like you, you, it, it, it's about the same thing and then it, you can't really understand what's being said in the midst of saying what, what you do catch is pretty much the same thing. Now mind you, you know, we're all in the business of, of music, and, and we're, we all sing pretty much, at least from the R&B standpoint, about the, the same subject matter, which is love, relationships. Mm-hmm. We just have different ways of, of putting spins on it. And, we, and when I was coming out, our, our, the joy behind actually writing and producing records was bringing out a way to say the same thing, but in a more articulate, more updated way. Mm. So doing the, 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 the R&B music back then was, it was about being suggestive without being overt. Mm. Like, you know, you take I'll Make Love To You, for example. We all know what that song is about. Yeah. But you're not offended by it. But yet still, there's so many people that use that song and apply that actual song to those moments of intimacy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You know, we, we understood everything, but we just wanted to get our message out differently. Like where nowadays, we've noticed, or rather I've noticed, that the more sensationalized things are, the more uh, shocking, you know, things are, that's what really gets the clicks and that's what gets people's attention and things of that nature. And mm. I, I can't help but to think that, wow, I know things change, and I know, you know, people change and things of that nature, and, and from an outsider looking in, it looks like, you know, the youngsters have become a lot more callous, and maybe it's because, it's because of, you know, there, there's more, more things that's accessible to them, like, as far as, like, the things that you see and you hear and things of that nature, like, it might change how a person might feel about relationships. But I refuse to believe that all younger kids feel that way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I refuse to believe that a girl, you know, budding and growing, still discovering herself, you know, trying to find love and trying to find a meaningful relationship, you know, wants to hear 
you know, certain, you know, and I can't say this stuff because my kids in the car, but you know what I'm saying, like certain songs that 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 are extremely suggestive mm. and borderline like assaulting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That, like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, and this is, this is not the grumpy old guy because it's like, you know, I, I don't have an issue with any of these kids from the standpoint of feeling like uh, I don't fit in because I'm okay. Like, you know, I'm still in the business for as long as I've been in it and my lifestyle and things of that nature have not changed because the music industry shit. Mm. I'm just concerned because of the fact that I've, devoted my life to this business and, and blood, sweat, and tears, the whole nine, for it to one day see it flourish into something beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is that it, it made a turn somewhere. And I'm hearing a lot of, of things that I just don't believe that all the kids feel that way, which is why when I watched the Grammys yesterday, it felt good to see an artist like her get an award and get the shine that she got and actually get a performance and, and all those things because she's one of the, the, the many that um, that represents the younger generation and, and, and yet gets it, understands how to convey a message that can be played on the Grammys. I hate to say it, and it's no diss to uh, you know these guys at all because I don't want anybody to take the sound bite and think that I'm, you know, dissing the younger cats or whatever, but it's more so of an uncle trying to talk to a nephew or a niece. But, mm. you know, but, but songs like Jack Beats and, you know, the U record, stuff like that, like, that ain't going to get a Grammy nod, and maybe he doesn't care. But I thought that being in the business of commercial art, you want to be able to share your music with the world and not just with a select few. And I'm just concerned at how people are getting that message across. It's like... Yeah, I understand that things have changed, you know, uh, uh, men display more of a, of, of a bravado and a machismo for some reason. They yeah. Like they have to. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what that's about, but I guess, you know, this, again, this is the climate that, that we're in, and I'm, and I'm just trying to understand it. But one thing that's never changed throughout this entire universe is that, you know, when you have a song that you can play for your, your, your daughter, your sister, yeah. your mother, and your grandmother. That's a good record. It is. And, and, and there are some songs that just don't translate. Like, I got to cut my, my radio off sometimes early in the morning, drive my daughter to school. Like, you know, when, when certain songs on, on satellite radio come on, I'm like, man, it's 7 in the morning? Y'all talking about this? Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. It's like, it's like, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Now, um, who who are some of the R and B artists that you like today that impresses you? Um, you know what? It's funny because I I do have a uh, have a radio station. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a uh, shout out to Boomerang Radio. That's right. That's right. I have, I have a station called Boomerang on uh, Dash Radio. It's an app that anybody can download for free, and it's practically like Sirius XM, but it's free. And my radio station uh, is dedicated to basically the 90s, but I still play newer artists. Like, it, and to answer your question, I love her. I love Daniel Caesar. I love Amber Mark. I love uh, Sabrina Claudio. I love um, 
I'm drawing a blank now that you asked me, but there, there, there are a lot of newer artists that I play and talk right now on my phone as I'm driving. I love Eric Bellinger. I love, um, uh, man. Uh, L- L.A. May? I love L.A. May. Yeah, she's good. Um, yeah, she's dope. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a few, you know, guys out there, and even some that people might not even know really at all because they just kind of, you know, uh, ride under the radar, but they're dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, d- def- so like, you know, the, and, and these are the artists that I try to support and play because these are artists that I like. And these are kids. Mm. to me you know what I'm saying like yeah 20, 21 year old you know men and women who are just you know getting their, their thing off but they're they're great I believe and they have the potential to be great artists mm. now how do you feel about Jacques and his comments of that he was the king of R&B <laughs> I mean this, this a prime example of, is, is of what I was talking about previous a few minutes ago is that like we live in a society and we live in a world where it's not about the disc record for example it's about the interview after the disc record you understand what i'm saying like when, when somebody disses somebody right like in hip-hop for example mm. like yeah you'll play the song but then what gets more of the press is the interview from the rapper <laughs> who actually did the song and they they feel like they have to further the, the diss song in, in a, a, a podcast interview or a radio interview or something like that. Like, it's very strange. But, again, we live in a sensationalized world where Jacques, I believe he knew that he was going to cause a ruckus, which is why he did it. And Jacques's name was on the lips of a lot of people for a moment. But the bottom line is, and this again, this is a thing that has not changed, won't ever change in the music business. It's content. Yeah. You call yourself the king of R&B. You gotta have content. You gotta have a a a at least a, a classic album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even considered, you know, in the, in the run. But he didn't do it for that because the criteria for fame has changed. We live in a world where mediocrity can, can, can still get you two million followers. Yeah. So we, we live, it's just the gauge, or rather the bar, has kind of lowered as far as like what people expect from an artist standard. And for a person, and this, again, this is just me uh, looking from an outsider looking in. You know, for anybody to consider themselves uh, uh, the quote-unquote king of R&B, which I don't subscribe to. I don't subscribe to any of that stuff. Mm. You know, to, to call yourself a king or, you know, all this other stuff. Like, you know, most real kings don't self-proclaim themselves that. Yeah. People that, that self-proclaim themselves kings, they were mainly evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for, for people to, you know, take a throne or, or rather self-proclaim themselves to be the ruler of all they survey, that's, that's, that's a little much for me. I, I don't subscribe to that mentality. But again, that's me. But to add your question, like, you know, I, I, I think Jacques is talented. Mm-hmm. I think he has the ability to do a lot of great things uh, vocally and, and as an artist. But he just got to come with more content. Mm. Like, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure 
Yeah, I 100% you know, like, agree. But, but again, that's the bar that I was brought up to live, to live up to. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was around the, 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 some of the greatest singers on the planet Earth and some of the greatest songwriters and producers on the planet Earth. So I was raised and brought up with those guys. Yeah. So the other stuff, that the thing that people are, are, are saying and, and looking at their body of work, uh kind of confuses kind of makes me scratch my head <laughs> you know what I'm saying because I'm like I, I don't I don't see how certain things are even uttered but again this is the society that we live in you know it's about how big you can fuck your chest up yeah and that that that's, that, that looks nice you know for, for you know uh, shade room or or <laughs> or gossip blogs and stuff like that that talk to a lot of stuff so, so people can click on your page. That's cool, but I think I think that's kind of it's kind of cheap. It cheapens the 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 the, 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 the reason why we do what we do. And and I didn't really do this necessarily to necessarily become extremely famous or everybody's loving who I am and things like that. I, I, the music is what drove me first, and I think people connected with that even still like when people listen to, to my music or watch me perform or watch me and my guys perform or whatever i'm tapping into something different it's not necessarily for me to get clicks and likes and, and stuff like that you're gonna like it because you like it yeah period <laughs> i agree and if, you, and if you don't you don't but that's your prerogative i agree now is there any artist that you would like to make a song with from today's age? Yeah. Practically all those people that I mentioned, I would love to do something like that. Yeah. You know I mean, like, you know, the thing is, is you know, the, the way things connect, you know, in music or the way things progress uh, in music is connecting the dots. And... There, there aren't enough collaborations with the younger cats and the older cats, which is why there's such a segregation in how uh, platforms play music. It's it's more segregated than I've ever seen. Like when I, again, coming up, you, you heard a Boyz II Men record, you heard a Jodeci record, and then you heard a Patti LaBelle record, or an OJ's record, or yeah. a Vandross record. Like, we're separate in age and in, in uh, uh, time as far as like when they were in at, in their uh, I guess you say height or whatever but they were still making it when, when we were out and it was accepted to, for, from uh, younger people and older people today if you've been in the business for longer than five years you're considered adult contemporary <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's so strange to me like you know things get older quicker and then when they do get old, there's no way you can get played on Urban H, uh, 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 not Urban H, but, uh, you know, the other format where, where you know, Jacquees is playing and, you know, those those, those stations, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and just Urban, period. Right? It's, it's just a weird uh, uh, 
dynamic that, you know, watching the Grammys, for example, like the reason why I was a little uncomfortable watching it is when they were doing the Motown segment and the Diamond Ross segment, I can envision the young kids actually getting up and walking away from the couch. Yeah. Because there's no uh, revelry for history. Like, no, they, they yeah. don't care. Like, I, don't really care about who the hell is this lady with this red dress. Like, why is everybody making a fuss? Like, I can tell that. And the reason why I know that for a fact is because I've talked to children. You know, and I've talked to younger kids. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, this, this new Chris Brown record is, you know, undecided. It's dope. I was like, yeah, well, you know that was a sample from the 90s, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. no connection with history. And it's sad because it's like, it would be nice to see, you know, a, uh, a more Yeah. I agree. And um, this is definitely a, a great history lesson to our audience because I feel like m- my generation, the millennials, they just yeah. don't respect what came before them. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of, yeah, but it, it's pretty evident, you know, and, and it's just based on just how the millennials think, uh, take on certain uh, uh, things or, or, or take over certain things. I saw that. A lot of the hip hop cats would, would boycott. Yeah. And it's because of that boycott that Cardi B is able to get the shine that she gets today. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You got you to gotta know how to place certain things and to know why there are certain things that are happening in music. And the only way you understand that is if you refer back to when you, you weren't doing it. <laughs> yeah. And, and referring to history. That's all. It makes everything better, and it makes everyone better when you know 
the music that you're doing originated from. Okay. It just helps everything, and it makes everything sweeter. Mm. Now, I also want to get into some of the artists that you've worked with. You've you've worked with Tank, and you have a song uh, with him already in love. How, what was it like working with Tank? Oh, Tank's the homie. I've, I've known him for many, 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 many years. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, that, that, that's just been a long time, friend. So when he he called and, and, and asked, asked me to be on the record, I was honest. You know what I mean? Like, cause, He's one of my favorite singers, like, period. Like, he's he's incredible. And I've always enjoyed his voice, and I've always enjoyed his music. So that was a treat for me uh, to be, you know, on that record. And he's, he's a prime example. He's a good example of uh, wanting to bridge those gaps, too. He's always in the youngster's ears, you know what I'm saying? Trying yeah. to the system game and, and things of that nature and trying to, you know, let them know what they can be doing to make themselves better so you know and and tank and i actually we we do have these conversations a lot you know we talk about you know the the younger generation and 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 some folks we like some folks we don't and, and so on and so forth and how again there's no real there's no real unity in the r&b world like this is everybody fending for themselves and there's no way that the genre can move forward in a in a big big way unless everybody gets on the same page and knows how to just yo let's let's put something together big and and wonderful like this whole King of R&B thing for example I I really was looking forward to seeing someone take the initiative and say okay let's put together a the R&B concert. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's, if, if everybody claiming to be the baddest, everybody put their egos aside, let's figure out a way to put all of these artists on one stage. It would be good for the culture. The crowd would love it. A lot of people would make a bunch of money, and a lot of people would get exposure that they normally wouldn't receive. But nobody did it. That's why you know this all this King of R&B stuff and what a lot of artists do these days is just fluff. It's fluff. They, they, no one has a plan. Everybody just talks a lot, but no one actually has <laughs> the, the the ability, or whether, or rather, the focus to actually put something together and make something happen. And when someone does, you then you got to get past or filter through the ego of people saying, well, "I don't want to do that with this nigga because it is a blah blah blah." <laughs> you get into that too. So, again, me being a person that has devoted his life and, I, and, and to some degree feel that I've uh, con- contributed something to the business to make it develop the way that it did, it concerns me on how uh, or what direction it's going. It's definitely an issue of concern because... Um you just see it like what we've been saying all night basically just like no one has like that respect or like the collaborations with the old artists you, it's rare you see that yeah yeah it is it, it, it's uh it sucks man you know what I'm saying because it does I see I see so much potential of great events and uh great moments and a lot of money just flying out of the window yeah, and no one sees it. 
and no one cares to see it because everybody is just for themselves. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how famous you are, how many hits you've had and, or, or whatever. The bottom line is that everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody. And, and the thing is, is that you have to, you know, in order for you to develop and grow and continue to develop and grow, you're going to need allies. No one can walk on this planet or, or Earth alone and, and feel like they have they can succeed. Impossible. Even Christ had twelve disciples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I know you've also written for some artists back in the day. Um, mentioning one, uh, Mark Dorsey. He's an old uh, '90s R&B singer as well. What was it like writing for him? It was cool. You know, like a lot, a lot of what we did in in, in the '90s too. Again, I. I I looked at my mentors like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Kelly and Babyface. And those guys wrote for everybody. So myself, uh, Nate, who co-wrote me with a lot of stuff, um, you know, we kind of tried to take on the same helm. And, and whoever wanted to, we wanted to work with us, we wanted to work with them. And that was our attitude. You know, if we respected them and if we, we felt like that we could contribute something to their careers then we wrote for them and that it, and, and it was good for my mental fitness like to take myself out of what I'm used to writing for me or for my group and doing it for someone else it, it was exciting I've always loved the writing and producing aspect of, uh, of the business and it just allows you to be somebody else mm. now who are some other uh, artists that you wrote for There's a guy, there's a guy named by the name of Myron. Oh, that, I've heard uh, of him. That, that, yeah, that that I did stuff for. I did stuff for, for artists like Tatiana Ali from The Fresh Prince. Mm. I did like you know like you know just um just artists that uh, appreciated what I did as a songwriter and wanted to work with me, and not to mention relationships. Uh, being involved as well. It's very interesting for the audience and um, this is WSJU Radio, DJ Mac, Max talking with uh, Sean Stockman of Boys to Men. Um, getting to Boys to Men now, you guys met in high school. Yeah. At, at a, uh, uh, a talent show? Yeah, no, I'm uh, performing arts. I oh, okay. Uh, vocal uh, back in the late 80s, uh, we all took the same classes, sang the same, you know, songs. That, that was another thing that kind of brought our minds too, like us coming from our respective ghettos in Philly, you know, to then go to the school after listening to New Edition and Sports and Bees and, and, and hip hop all day and then coming to school and learning, you know, Chick Out Three from JS Box. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it kind of it, it made us see how cool music is from, from a lot of aspects. So it, it helped us bridge those gaps that, okay, this is, this does correlate. Like, it's not so far from each other as we thought. And it, it helped develop us as artists and, and made us who we are. Mm. Now, I remember watching the New Edition story, and you guys went and sunk for New Edition. Uh, that's how you basically, they basically helped you out. Yeah, 
Boosie mm-hmm. series, whatever. Like there was a radio show that uh, a local radio station in Philly held. Uh, Ralph was working on his solo record. Johnny was working on his solo record. Bobby was Bobby. He was doing his thing, and the three guys just figured out that they were going to do the Belvedere Devote thing. So they were there. Mm. Uh, Ricky, Ronnie, and Mike. And they were the guys that were there to let everybody know, hey, we're going to be this new group. As they were leaving, we snuck backstage and ran into them and asked Mike, could we sing for him? Mm. And coincidentally, we didn't know that six months prior, um, Mike was look, uh, just acquired a deal with Motown Records, Big Ten, and he was actually looking back. So things just happened to work out <laughs> that when we sang for him, he was, you know, he had the ability to actually sign us to, to our, our first record deal, which is on both of Now, another, another question, which is an interesting story because that differs from the biopic of New Edition. Um, how did you... Uh, Get that name. How did you guys come up with Boys to Men? Um, it was actually my idea. Um, Nathan and I were on the phone one day, and we didn't like our previous name. It, it sounded very just—it it wasn't dope. And um, <laughs> do you mind sharing it, or it was unique attraction? Okay. Yeah, it was awful. And uh, <laughs> and we were thinking of like names and the song Boys to Men happened to come on the radio by New Edition while we were talking. And I was telling like, Nate, that's the that's the name right there. That's that just sounds like conceptual or something. And he didn't like it at first, but we couldn't find anything better. So it stuck. So that was it. And it became an icon in uh music history. Yeah it did. It's crazy. It really did. And uh what was it like recording your first album, Cooley High Harmony? Well, let's just 
with you guys, throw some shit on the wall and see if it sticks. Mm. And, you know, fortunately it stuck. Now, now, what was your favorite uh, track off that album, personally? Um, personally, uh, I like This Is My Heart. Mm-hmm. Only because I predominantly wrote that whole record. And I, I wrote it on, I used to write most of my music on the train. Like, okay. the L train of Philly, coming from the studio and back home. So... I, I literally had my little notebook and you know I wrote that whole record on the train and then I the next day I brought it to the guy Dallas put a track to it we brought this guitarist in and it was that that's pretty much how we did our record mm-hmm. you know the, the, especially the first two like there were ideas that, and we from scratch we built them and recorded them the same day and knocked it all out mm-hmm. and it's definitely a classic album um, for a debut album, it's probably one of the greatest of all time as well. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, th- th- it's a classic. And um, then we move on to your other albums. You have uh, the Christmas album, which I was saying the other day th- th- that you guys have the greatest Christmas album of all time. Let It Snow, th- that's my favorite Christmas song of all time. <laughs> you know, we, we, we recorded that record in a week. Really? Because we, we didn't have time. Like, between... Our schedule and Brian McKnight's schedule, who we, we cut a lot of the demos and stuff like that in London, at the Hit Factory in London. And then, like, we went uh, back to Studio 4 in Philly, and we had all the songs collected, and then that week we just knocked them all out. So, because, again, we didn't have much time for, for anything else. We were on tour. Brian was, you know, doing his thing in his career. So... We didn't have much time to kind of marinate on stuff, and, and I, I, I learned that that's where my group, and even as myself as a solo artist, um, that's when we're at our best, I believe, when we don't think too much. Mm. We just do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You, when when you have an artist that thinks too much, we can really screw some stuff up. You know what I mean? As a matter of fact, just to give you a, a little history on the Cooley High Army record. All those songs that's on that record mm-hmm. were the demos. Wow. They were they were <laughs> they were all the demos because when people tried to mix them, it just didn't feel good. It didn't feel right. And we thought at first, oh, you guys got demoitis. You know, it, it, it nah, you got to mix them. And, and, and we listened to we let uh, our A and R uh, coordinator, Vita Sparks, at the time listen to it, and we all agreed. Like it just it just didn't like. The first time was the right time. They say everything so, happens for a reason. I, I, th- this may have happened for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, those were all demos. Like, everything that people are hearing on the Cooley High Harmony record were demos. Barely mixed. That's insane. It was basically just master it, you know, put some bottom and, you know, just kind of made a little more, you know, uh, legible for the time. And we released it, and it sold 11 million records. That's insane, and congratulations on that as well. Well Well-deserved. Thank you. Thank you. And now we move on uh, to to your third album, which was the uh, two. Yeah. Uh, Another great album, which um, we have on there, On Bended Knee, uh, Countless Amounts of Others, as well as 
um, I'll Make Love to You, and, and 50 Candles is my personal favorite off that album. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now, what was it like recording this album? Oh, well, first off, it celebrates the 25 year anniversary this year, and uh, me and the guys are doing a few shows um, honoring that album. Um, one of them being at Radio City, and uh, one of the Met. Uh, Boston and in D.C., and we're already setting up a few more um, for the rest of the country. But um, that was good. Um, it was a little more stressful mm -hmm. because of uh, the fact that we gained so much success on the first record. Now there were a lot more chefs in the kitchen that mm. wanted to be involved and, and felt like they had the the remedy for <laughs> the next great voice and then records and stuff like that. So a lot of it was us pretty much kind of hiding away into our studios, getting, you know, with the normal stuff, you know, the usual suspects, the people that we admired, Jam and Lewis and Faith and, and uh, Dallas and Tim and Bob and stuff. And we just made the best record we could and kept it fun and kept a lot of the record executives out of the studio <laughs> because everybody just felt like they just knew what we needed. And the truth was is that we were really the only ones that knew what we needed. And uh, overall, with a couple of suggestions, like, you know, with Omni Glove, we didn't want to do it at first because we felt like it sounded too much like End of the Road. And Gerald Busby fought us tooth and nail basically said it's going on the record that one we were glad that he fought us on because it became one of the longest running singles of billboard history and one of our staple songs mm. so we're, we're not too proud to say that we didn't know everything and we <laughs> we didn't know it all you know what i mean there was some things that we had to learn ourselves and, and understand from uh, another person's point of view on what worked and what didn't, but there were just only a few people that we trusted in that, in that, in that, uh, in that, in that, uh, in that sense. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say congratulations to the success of that album as well. I mean, these are covers that um, we look at as kids as like what we grew up on. Like we recognize the two on the two album with the boys, the men symbol, and the other other albums. Yeah. It, it, it you just remember it from being a kid looking at the cover and that they're actually they're essential pieces in the history of music. Thank you, thank you. And and, and to be honest, that we kind of understood what that meant. You know, being not just artists ourselves, but fans, and seeing you know the same thing with people that we looked up to. <coughs> Excuse me. Like a like a new edition and uh, Bobby Brown and, mm -hmm. and Babyface and uh, Guy and you know all those guys that we looked up to and we seen they they were like superheroes to us so we wanted to have the same the same sentiment with our records we wanted to have something with a meaningful concept and something like. And when we came up with the two uh, logo, actually Juan, you know, Juan's an amazing artist. And and he drew that two logo the way that we see it now. And uh, we came up with the idea of making, of it being 
synonymous with us like the Rolling Stones lips are synonymous with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely so, see that uh, comparison. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So we wanted to have our logo. And, and so when people saw that, people knew exactly, you know, who, who it was and what it represented. So, um, again, we we had all the, 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 the ideas, the good ideas put together, and thankfully we had a lot of people that were behind us um, that wanted to see it succeed at the label that helped us execute. Definitely. It definitely has a uh, lasting impact in which many music fans all around the world would probably agree with me and many people that that logo is just historical and legendary. Yeah, listen, man, I, I, I don't take any of it, any of it for granted. Like, to this day, I still, I, I'll still be on stage sometimes and be wondering, like, what the hell are these people doing? Really? <laughs> like, um, yeah, seriously. Because, I mean, you know, the game the game has changed. Y'all know. The game has changed. It has. But from my point of view, it, I'm like living in the 90s because I listen to 90s R&B, so I look at you as like mainstream for me. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. And again, that's, it's, it's people like you that keep us, uh, keep us alive, and, and it still bugs me out, though. It still bugs me out to this day that people still enjoy what it is that you know, just a few guys from Philly just wanted to kind of just sing and dance for a couple of people at one point to get the impression from girls, mm. and then it became something else. <laughs> and 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 that that's the crazy part about it. it was, it's a bug out still. Definitely, and you made a mark on music forever. And um, I also want to get into your next album, with Evolution," which was released in 1997. Now, what what was the story behind this album? was supposed to be um, the type of record that, you know, like its namesake, uh, helped us go into the next step. Um, because we all knew, we understood that, you know, with every artist, you know, we, we got to evolve. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to change. Every artist has changed, like, you know, throughout their years and, and having stayed the same. Now, this is where things got uh, really, really difficult because there was a label who made a lot of money off of us being who we are mm. and they didn't want us to change so a lot of the songs that we wanted to put on the album that were not complete departures from what people know us for but just songs that were different from what people know us for the labels the label at the time didn't want to uh to support that as well as the fact that because of the success uh, we gained somewhat of an ego kind of like you know feeling ourselves to some degree and that kind of rubbed the powers that be the wrong way and it made our journey uh, through that album a lot less uh, uh, enjoyable because we started really seeing the politics of things and we started seeing people who were trying to, from, at least from my perspective, I'm sure the other guys in the group, if you ask them, they might think something totally different. But from my perspective and looking back, uh, 
there were people that didn't think that we had another one in us. Really? And yeah, not to well, mainly because uh, the era of the boy band started again. Mm. The Backstreet Boys and and NSYNC and Ninety Eight Degrees and and artists like that uh, started to uh, take precedence. And I have a philosophy, or rather a theory, behind all of that. And some of it, I, a lot of people could probably get down with it, but others I try not to to say too much because it, it becomes a sensitive subject. But the bottom line is that, you know, and I'm gonna say it plainly: we were four at the time, four young, very black mm-hmm. kids, men that at the time was great that we were getting the exposure that we were getting mm-hmm. but most of our fans at that time were, were white girls okay mm-hmm. um, that stigma of the white girls loving the artist you know it's almost like you know we'll dance to you but when we're not taking you home which is why <laughs> Um, a lot of the artists like the Instincts and the Backstreet Boys. Again, it's not to discredit them as artists. Mm-hmm. They made a lot of great songs. A lot of them, which I enjoy today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the the uh, the colors came into play. Now these are the uh, pictures that they can post up on their wall that mommy and daddy can feel good about. Mm. I'm a little skeptical about the black dude, but you know Justin Timberlake looked more like the guy that they wanted their daughters to marry. It's a shame. <laughs> so, so we got pushed to the side because it was easy to kind of say, "Okay, they're done." Now, mind you, we were only around for what? We came out in '91. Evolution was 1997, six years close to 10 and everybody was pretty much done with it at the time and people were kind of showing those colors people were acting like well yeah you guys are done even the label itself to some degree I I'm never even knew this it, oh yeah I'm not going to say <clears throat> that it was totally what I was saying like, like, as I mentioned some of our our egos were out of control and it didn't help if anything it justified them moving us out of the way because they could have they, they could easily say well they're just difficult <laughs> they're difficult to work with mm. you know what I'm saying yeah there, there, there were a lot of things that again we did but it was in tandem with a lot of what other uh, uh, entities wanted to do next and we weren't part of that equation so they basically kind of rolled out whatever they needed to do with us for as long as they could, and then they moved on. I mean, even with 98 Degrees, who was signed to Motown as well, our budget with pop radio went from 10 to practically 1 because their focus at that point was, let's get these boys 98 Degrees popping. Mm. So the only place they could take budget money from was, was us. 
This is this is definitely a heartbreaking story. I never even knew this, and the fact that they treated you like this is uncalled for. That, that, that this is boys to men we're talking about here. Yeah, but you know, real life happens, mm-hmm. and it's sadly, really no different. It, yeah, it, it's really no different from what has happened to you know our press Yeah, you know, people who have who was able to garnish a, a certain level of success. And, you know, you got to, like, for example, you know, you could take the Jacksons, for example, you know, who, I mean, the freaking Jacksons. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the Osmonds, who were basically a offshoot of what the Jacksons were, you know, came and, you know, because of their skin color, they got more notoriety. They got more shots of television. They, They got better, you know endorsement deals and concert contracts and things of that nature. That's just the way of the world. And a lot, again, I am not the bitter guy that's at all. If, if anybody can hear no, my voice right no, now, I'm not at all. Quite at peace. I'm just a realist. Yeah, you're speaking the truth. And, 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 and that's what happens to most uh, black acts that become successful. Out comes the carbon copy. And then once those become successful and if, if and if especially if they're of a certain shade they just get more exposure they get more success and things that nature because the people that they're marketing it to it's like anything else like when hip-hop came about the reason why it was successful the reason why a lot of these artists were successful is because it was a black genre of music that was created so other black kids got into it because hey we look like the brother from around the way like music is practical, and music is 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 has a, a a level of pragmatism that you know you can't help but to uh, follow your instinct on certain things. So when it came to you know the boy the boy band phenomenon, that was what the doctor ordered for a lot of these uh, record labels and stuff like that because they can say, hey, I can promote them better. Mm. Because of how they look, you can't you can't denounce the fact that the, in, the music industry is not just based on music, but it's based on vibes. It's based on energy. It's based on what people see. It's perception. Mm. So I agree. Why artists some some artists dress up all crazy and stuff like that? Like you know you look you look at you know Lady Gaga for example. Yeah. Before she put on the meat dress, she was just a you know a chick from New York that could play the piano and sing real good. And it didn't change her ability to still do that because you can look at old clips of Gaga before the the Gaga that the world knew. And she was just a chick that would play in, in local little pubs and bars in New York City and smash. But she understood that, listen, in order for me to get people's attention, you know... I have to do something possibly outrageous and it has to match the music and how I'm feeling so hey here comes the meat dress or whatever else she put on you know what I'm saying yeah like the same it's the same reason why Bivin came up with the idea of of boys and men and the bow ties now mind you it was part of our our uh, personality which is how he came up with the idea in the first place yes we came from the hood but in his eyes we were a little more refined than the average dude from the ghetto. 
and not to mention, you know, um, you know the, the stuff that I mentioned before. Like, we were black kids that were singing Beethoven. So our mentality was a little, little different than the average dude from dudes from the hood. Mm-hmm. It was like, yo, this is what I'm gonna do. I'll put you guys in some bow ties. Put you guys in some some plaid shorts and some baseball caps and things of that nature. Okay. And and the 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 the, the heartland of America will have their, their, their guard down because they'll just see you as just normal, nice guys. They don't have to, to be scared of you, you know, or, or because you're black. Mm. If, if you come off the way that you guys are, which, you know, which we were, this, I don't want anybody to think that it was a facade. Like, we are the people that we are. You know what I mean? And, and that the outfits just happen to fit our persona or our personality fit the persona. But, um, you know, it was, it was all a plan, you know, to, to let people just see us for who we were. And we wouldn't have been able to do it as effective as, you know, how we would normally dress, like, you know, with Timberlands and hoods on. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You know, but again, that's, you know, that's an element of the industry that is very important. And, and depending on the circumstances and what color you are, to really play to your advantage, and that's just what it is. Right? You know, that that is what it is. It's it's sad, but it's the truth, and it's really a shame. And I hope someday we come more like together as unity. I know the president right now isn't helping. <laughs> yeah, well, that's another. Topic. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other podcast. What we'll do? Yeah, that's a different podcast. Yeah, we won't, we won't talk about him. We won't waste our energy on that guy. No, uh, no. You know, but, but yeah, but the truth is, is we we live in a world where we strive so hard to bury the things that we really are, which is why things never change. Because while we're trying to be something that we're not, all we're doing is building up a level of angst that will have to eventually get dealt with in the first place. So why not be adults about it? Why not be human beings about the situation and really see things for what they are? Mm-hmm. That's the only way things can be fixed. You know, one of the first things that they say, you know, to, you know, a, a recovering addict is the first thing an addict should do is acknowledge the fact that I'm an addict. I have a problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, in order for the landscape of the world and for the music industry and everybody else to really change, we have to really acknowledge the fact that there's a system that's flawed. I mean, when you think of the industry itself and even the characters that's in it right now, everyone has this, you know, the industry is always romanticized the gangster life. Mm. And 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 that's not a coincidence because the industry itself was created by gangsters. Mm. So so the mentality of the music industry started from gangsters. So it the fish always sinks from the head. So it's one of those things where it's like when you see these things and even you know the rappers and, and even some of the, the R&B singers now who just have this affinity to want to be hard
original spirit <laughs> that the forefathers of this industry laid onto the music. And it all it goes all the way back to the Gershwin brothers and all that stuff. But again, that's another conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I agree though. <laughs> but 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 the point is 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 you know in order for us to really see things change, we have to acknowledge that. But I'm also a realist. Mm. I don't see it changing anytime soon. No. So, until it does, I'm going to be me. I'm going to do what I love to do. And I'm going to try and find other like-minded individuals, whether on stage, whether in the crowd, or whether in the studio. And we're all going to get together, and we're going to make music that we like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're going to fill up rooms where we can all congregate and have a good time and sing and and enjoy music how I envision it should be. And, and again, music is a subjective thing. So the thing is, is that you know, I I, I grew up on uh, the likes of the the aforementioned artists, as well as Quincy Jones, and as well as you know Paul Simon, and as well as the Carpenters, and as well as uh, 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 like there's so many other artists mm. that aren't R and B. Dysley Brothers yeah. to, you know, Bob Dylan to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. These are artists that I've enjoyed and appreciated and gotten something from. And I love that. And I want to, if in a perfect world, that's what my world would be like. You know, playing Aretha Franklin and, and, and James Taylor all day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is. That's definitely timeless music in which paved the way for boys to men. Exactly. And and we make no arms about it like that. Without artists. Definitely. And now, the other question about uh, Evolution. You also had uh, Diddy and Babyface produce on this album as well. What was le- it like working with them? It was dope. Like, um... And Faith, when we would go into the studio, like, like kids with spirits, we know exactly what Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we're breaking up here. Oh, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, now I can hear you. Okay, yeah. Um, Diddy was different because, um, you know, he's he's a very, uh, you know, he's he's a he's a big figure, and uh, you know, I, I you gotta respect him for his music ability and and his. Uh, knowledge of how to make people dance. And 
and mm. and things of that nature. So we wanted that. We wanted some of that energy because at that time, you know, we were known as the guys that sing ballads all day. So we wanted something different. Mm. And you couldn't get no bigger at that time than Diddy. Nope. And, you know, and I personally, I like the record that we did. It's just that, again, when people don't want to hear anything from you anymore, it doesn't matter how good your music is. Mm. Like, that that's a real thing, too. Um, you can come out with stuff um, that is good and has merit and things of that nature, but it doesn't get the same push mm. because people just get tired of you and they want to hear from somebody else, specifically in America. I remember um, Jimi Hendrix. I was reading a book on Jimi mm-hmm. and how he was basically saying that you know, pretty much what I just said is like America is quick to move quicker um, off of you and move on to something else. That's just how America works. He's like, but that's why he would go to places like Europe and things that nature and would stay there because it was just a different mentality. If they loved you, they loved you for longer than five years. And they appreciated you and you were able to get gigs and, and actually create you know, music and stay uh, stimulated creatively. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's like you know, I thought the Evolution record was great, considering all of the the inner workings and the egos and all of the, the the madness that went around it. I still thought that we put together a pretty decent body of work, and even more so when we were on our downslope of our career. You know, I, I look at albums that probably people don't even know exist, like the Throwback album or the Remedy, you know, or, or even the 20 record. and The Collide. You know, it, it collide, you know what I'm saying? These, these are records that I really believe in, and I still do, and I enjoy them, but I, I will admit that at times I don't like listening to them, not because the music isn't good, but because of what mind state it puts me in. Mm. Like it, it, it kind of depresses me because, like, here you got these guys that still try to push themselves in the studio and do things uh, that I believe makes us better uh, as, as artists as well as just being human beings. Mm. And it falls on deaf ears. And again, there's certain realities in the music industry that you just have to uh, you have to admit to and no matter how good your record is no one supports it and no one believes in it no one will hear it <laughs> mm, it's a shame it's what it is it's what it is so that's why I'm, I'm 46 and I'm at a point in my career and in my life now where I just want to enjoy life I've been through enough stresses in my life where I understand what it does to my body. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do anything that causes me that level of stress anymore. So when I do music, I don't care how many people in a room. Now, if 10,000 people show up, I'm not saying I'm not going to be grateful, but I'll be just as grateful with 35, which, by the way, I've done most recently, actually. I've, I've done like hotel cafes and you know in LA and little spots like that things of that nature mm-hmm. where 50 people would show up <clears throat> and I'm sh- and I'm singing 
songs from my EP. Now, a lot of people from the industry would think that was a fall-off. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I don't care because I enjoyed it. And those 50 people that were there enjoyed it, too. I know they did because they didn't leave. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely want to shout out your uh, EP as well, the Sean EP, which is available on all music platforms. Um, Definitely one of the most popular ones is Feeling a Little Something, which I played before... um, I picked up the phone to answer your call calling in. Mm-hmm. That's definitely... Oh, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, again, this is this this record is a prime example of how I'm trying to live. You know, this, this is not me necessarily trying to... It is me trying to reinvent myself, mm-hmm. but it isn't me tra- chasing clout. It no. It's me trying to, you know be friends with and hobnob with you know the 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 popular kids of the world because I mean the industry's like high school okay mm-hmm. you, you got your geeks you got your you know the horribles and undesirables you got your cool kids mm-hmm. and I never and it's probably one of the reasons why you know I am I, I take the place that I, I take is that I've, I never had a desire to be in the midst of the cool kids. Even when I was in high school, I thought they were all assholes. Mm. So, you know, I didn't want to be around the cool kids. It sounds familiar. And not to mention, I just thought that they were all fake. Yeah. They're all phony. You, you had a couple that were insecure, so they, they felt the need to be the loudest or the brightest or whatever, and you had other disciples that were more insecure than they were so they just felt the need to be under them and just so they could feel some level of validity whereas I was the nerd that watched, that read Marvel comics in high school and didn't give a shit about the cool kids I could care less I could have cared less and I take that attitude today because it's the same mentality it's the same mentality you see it on Instagram yeah you know you got this you know it's, it's this exclusive club of the cool kids that only hang out together. That's it. It, 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 it. And it's funny. It's really, really funny. Especially considering that when you talk to a lot of those guys and, and, and all this other stuff, and some of them quite wealthy and, and living a great life and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, to me, anyway, and not, and not, and not downgrading who they are as talent, because they are talented, but again, the industry is not just about talent, it's about energy, it's about vibe. And that's just not what I vibe. I think a lot of what a lot of these dudes do is corny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I agree. Because they're, 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 they're doing things to seem a certain way. Mm. Whereas at the end of the day, and, and this is, I guess, the advantage that I got, that maybe the outsiders that are looking into this industry don't have is that I know them mm. <laughs> you know I agree I, 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 I listen to them speak when they're not you know doing the most on Instagram and things of that nature and a lot of these guys and girls yeah that are in the industry they 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 they, they uh they crying for help yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and 
they're dealing with real life things and they just don't know how to go about dealing with them. So they put on a persona, they post them on Instagram, they post their house, they post their friends, stuff like that. And hey, man, again, this is not me downgrading, those, downplaying those guys too, because everybody has a way that they cope with stuff. Yeah. All that you hope that you, all that you hope, all I hope for is that they eventually learn how to cope with. It. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So, and 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 that's it. Yeah, and now for your EP. Um, are you working on any new music, or may there be an album coming soon? Um, yes, uh, yes, I do. Um, the, the album uh, will be out uh, May thirty first. Okay. Um, it's going to be it's self entitled Sean. Um, small S. And by the way, I'm I'm driving, so if if I, you know, uh, lose out a bit, you know, I, I'll come right back. But I'm I'm just in the midst. I live in the in the hills. Oh <laughs> so no, it's fine. Kind of a, okay, but um, but yeah, so. Again, I didn't want to, I understood, or rather understand, that this is an album that no one will probably ever expect from the likes of me. Mm. Um, so, I didn't want to make it too difficult, at least this first time around, anyway. I, um, I wanted to, I wanted to make a record that people... At home, coming from work, mm. playing it. Oh. When you're having dinner, when you know, just normal, regular things, and just applying it. Like, I think we're breaking up a little bit. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, like I tried to draw from the spirit of my elders. The guys like Marvin Gaye and and Barry White and uh, uh, even Michael Jackson's first record um, and all of those guys who made records that were palpable. They just said what it needed to say in a beautiful way. Mm. And I just wanted to create that that backdrop for the listener. Whether you're cooking dinner for your family, whether you're crying over your food that left you, whether you're coming home in traffic from work, I just wanted to give you sonically something just nice to listen to. Nothing intricate, nothing too crazy, because I can get intricate if I wanted to, but I didn't want to. I wanted to be simple and clean and, and beautiful. And I tried my best to do that on this record. Mm. I'm lo I'm looking forward to this. I mean, the, my personal favorites off this is Going. Um, I also like uh, Been Too Gone. And I now I know you had a song with uh, Raphael Sadiq. W what was it like working with him? Yeah. It was a dream come true. And I, al I always told Raphael, I was like, dude, I got to work with you one day. I used to always say that. Congratulations yeah. on achieving that, too. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, and... and, and you know, Raphael is a different type of dude. So I'm not sure, you know, if how he took it, you know, but, you know, I was really honored, mm -hmm. you know, to, to be, 
you know, in his presence and, and, and from a creative standpoint. Because, I mean, we've talked before and we've hung out before and all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, we've, we've pretty much grew up in a business together. But to work with him in this status was just amazing for me. And, and I, I enjoyed watching him work. And I loved the fact that he allowed me to be me. Mm. You know, the, the, yeah. the creative process was extremely simple simple in, in its approach. And to me, I think that song encompasses what I wanted to do with this album. How we came up with the record, with him kind of just playing the guitar, then the bass and the drums, <coughs> putting the whole, uh, you know, uh, uh, canvas together and then leaving the room and then allowing me to write mm. and, and that was it and that was the record now um, there are music videos out for this uh, EP already is that correct? lyric videos lyric right? videos? Some, some created by fans um, others created by my label but um, no official video as of yet mm-hmm. um, I, I want to make sure that visually whatever I do um, it just it, it feels good not just for now but 30 years down the line when I'm looking back at this whole project visually I wanted to match how I, how I felt recording the record mm. so I'm, I'm taking my time with that okay um, that's the interesting um, I also want to ask you I read somewhere that you recorded your own solo album in the, back in the 90s. Um, was there a reason why you didn't release it? What was the reason for no, that? No, no, I never recorded an album. You never recorded like, an album? No. Nah, like the guys nine years ago had a, uh, a studio called Stone Creek mm-hmm. <clears throat> in Philadelphia where, you know, we had a label at one point. You know, we had an artist that we signed named Uncle Sam. And, you know, we were working with like a, other, you know, like a couple other artists, producers, songwriters mm-hmm. and stuff. And I treated basically that studio like it was my office. I would go there two in the afternoon. I would stay there till two in the morning. I would go to sleep and do it all again the next day. So I have a lot of songs, a lot of songs that I recorded in that time span, some of which um, may never be heard. (laughs) But, you know, I, I constantly wrote and I constantly created and I constantly was working on my production skills and being able to, you know, use the drum machine effectively to the mm-hmm. point where I started to get real nice with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, that whole thing. So, you know, that was my goal. I wanted to be a songwriter and producer. And, and I've done certain things like, you know, some soundtracks and I've scored for... Uh, Disney, right? My wife and I did. Yeah, 17 again. I scored the whole movie. I uh, recorded the songs for it, you know, and things of that nature. And this, this was all just me, you know, again, doing what I love to do, which is just create. Mm. So, so I never really did a full-length album, but I probably have enough songs if I research the record <laughs> for about five albums. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Could we be seeing those five albums, or...? You know, I, I do want to do more solo records and more projects now. And 
and what shape I'll do them in, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving that up to fate <laughs> and God and, and, and all that. But there will be more music coming from me. I just don't know uh, in, in what capacity. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to leave that up to, I guess, you know, how life moves me around. Mm. Could we see another album from Boys to Men as a whole? Oh yeah, it's it's definitely possible. Um, but again, the, the, we're 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 all at a point where uh, we don't need to put out another record anymore. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a reason. There there has to be some type of motivation. For us to say, okay, guys, I think people will appreciate what we're what we're gonna do, mm-hmm. because we're, we've done the whole what well, we're just gonna create records and you know, that type of thing. And when you try to play those records or try to perform those records, people still want to hear "End of the Road." And for an artist, that's that's frustrating. So, again, us being the realists that we are, we're like, okay, well, we're gonna give them what they want, but. I'm going to be selfish and get what I want. Hmm. And which is one of the reasons why I did this solo record. This is for me. Yeah. You know, more so than anybody else. <laughs> this, is, this is for me, you know, doing something that I always said I was going to do, but never did it. Hmm. And now I can say that I did. So, you know, and, and this, again, this isn't going to be the first time. Like, these are going to be songs and music that I hope, you know, will uh, will will gravitate to folks once it's out. And I'm gonna put a you know, an effort and uh singing these records for people and, you know, in certain, you know, landscapes and things of that nature. Part of the luxury of my career at this point is that I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. So, you know, if, if there are, are shows that you know, that deem itself to be something that I think would be beneficial for me to do, I'll do them. Mm. And and that's it. And other than that, I will still perform in front of my 30 people at Hotel Cafe in L.A. from time to time. Mm-hmm. I will strap on my guitar, and I will sing Eric Clapton covers, and I will sing, you know, my own songs, and I'll sing one or two Boys and Men records and be completely happy because I will see people in the crowd happy. And that and that's good. Yeah, no, it's 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 great for the spirit. It's really really great for the spirit because it it'll it makes me feel. And any artist that says that this isn't important in their life, mm. you still want to feel some level of validity. But it doesn't at this point in my life. I don't care if it that matters for sports art. Mm. I can find just as much fulfillment and joy performing in a club that seats a hundred people mm. and be just as happy. And that and I mean that. Because I have that life. Like Boys to Men at this point, thank God, is pretty much a machine. Yeah. We do hundred and ten shows a year. We have a residency in Las Vegas. We are touring <coughs> uh Europe in a month. Um, you know, we constantly get opportunities to do other things. Hmm. So that part of it, the business part of it, 
the people that the sexy part of it, meaning you know the people that the, the part that uh, gets clicks and what you know drives people that are that are spectating, you know, from from the outside, you know, can say, "Ooh, they're doing blah 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 blah." Like, it's great, but we can't neglect the spirit. And a lot of times, it's all your spirit needs is what it needs. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And, and, and it doesn't require a lot of what others tend to deem as important. Kids, if you're listening, I don't know how many people are listening right now. They probably turned it off right now. I've been talking my, my ears off. No, this this is a great show. This is, one of the, this is probably the greatest show I've had. Oh, thank you. Thank no. you. I'm glad to be a part of it, bro. But, you know, I, I, kids, I, I will say this. And, and I'm sure you've heard it in other cases, but it, and, and I'm, I'm trying to tell you that it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, social media and things on social media does help when it comes to marketing stuff and promoting things and stuff like that. It does have its place, but it's synthetic. Yeah. Okay? It's not really social. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I agree. I, I agree, agree, too. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Talking at a Starbucks with a stranger over caramel macchiatos and lattes is social. Yeah. That's being social. Walking down the street or running into somebody at a supermarket or at a concert or some place that you found that someone is like-minded like you and you guys are sitting and talking about it, it's social. Try it, kids. Try putting your phone down just for an hour. Yeah. And go hang out with your homeboy. Go holler at a girl. A girl holler at a boy. <laughs> and 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 learn and learn how to communicate with one another. Because no matter how much technology tends to shape what we think the world should be, there's nothing more organic and more necessary than being able to look at somebody in their face and communicate. Mm. Definitely agree or not. That, that, that is the biggest, most important thing this world needs. Mm. The ability to fucking talk yep. Yep. to one another. To literally look at somebody's face and hear them and see how they express certain things. And how that makes that energy coming to you feel. Yeah. And you exchanging a certain amount of energy. It's energy. So social media and someone commenting behind, you know, a name, you know, Glacier Man 2020 or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's not real. Like that, 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 that's someone stating something and then disappearing. That's not real. That's synthetic. So, me being able, and this is all correlated to, to what I'm saying, mm-hmm. me being able to communicate with 50 people in a venue, that's real. Because, as I said, as I'm speaking to them, and I see everybody standing still and listening, that's called engagement. That means you're hearing what I'm saying, and you're understanding what I'm saying. You're vibing with me. And that's 
and what being an artist is about. And it's the most fulfilling part of it. When you're able to actually sit, you know, and, and I've uh, enjoyed re- these past couple of years the beauty of sitting with a guitar and playing a song and just watching people listen. Yeah. Not screaming, not jumping around crazy, not turning up too much. No. Moving around and dancing a bit, which is obviously welcome, but (laughs) they're listening. And that is a breakthrough for me, which is why I enjoy it. Def- definitely, and I you post uh, on your Instagram all the time. Uh, you playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely interesting. It's, it's therapy. Yeah. I I enjoy doing it. I love uh, playing the guitar because it's such a a soothing a soothing element mm-hmm. that I never expected I person would ever do. You know, I used to watch other people play the guitar, but I always say to myself, I can never do that. But now you can. Yeah. Ain't life crazy? Yeah. It is. And that that's your passion and stick with it forever. Yes, sir. That's the plan. Definitely. And now um I another question now uh, going back to um the beginning. What was it like winning a Grammy award? Oh man, it was great. It was great. It was one of the best moments of my life. One of the best days of my life. Cried like a baby. Uh, it was well deserved. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just one of those things where it was like a, it was a dream, a dream come true. I don't even know if it was a dream come true. I, I don't think I ever dreamt of winning it, winning in uh, a Grammy before. Mm-hmm. That, that was even more of a bug out. The fact that <laughs> I actually, I actually won one. Mm. Like, wow. That's interesting. So, you know. So yeah, man. So I, I've, you know, a lot of the things that. It's happened in my life, you know, I, I never expected it to, which is why I think I take the attitude that I take. Mm. Like, I'm I'm way ahead of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. A lot, a lot, a lot of the shit that happened to me, shit, like, I, I, I wouldn't even fathom it. So, as far as I'm concerned, I already won. Mm. Everything else is, is, is a bonus, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, which is why again I'm taking the attitude that I'm taking. I'm having fun with my life. Like I'm enjoying the people that enjoy me, mm. and it doesn't require a whole bunch. Mm. And, I, and I and I understand. It. I really do understand it and appreciate it too. That's great. Like your whole perspective on anything. I, I definitely think the audience is taking away something tonight, and especially with the whole technology thing because we're so controlled by technology nowadays and it's just think about it we're going to have self-driving cars here soon it's it's getting insane with technology yeah. yeah pretty crazy i mean you know and again it has its uses i dig it mm-hmm. you know but it's like um you know it, it it's one of those things where again you can't uh you can't you can't uh overlook the human side of everybody mm. we're all humans at the end of the day and we all have to deal with each other where we whether we like it or not. So it's, it's important that we learn how to communicate with each other. Learn how to talk. Learn the lingo. You know, there's, there's no more of the days where, you know, we can walk on this earth blindly and think that we're the only human being, you know, alive. That's, that's the, the, the 
the issue of, that America is going through right now. Yeah. A lot of ignorance in the world that now has to be faced and dealt with. You know, like, that it's important for a white person to know not to say nigger. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't say it. Like, and, and, and you can't act like those things don't exist. Like, you, you have to understand where you, you're at in certain cases. You know, Rakim used to say, it ain't where you're from. Where you at? Yeah. And in a lot of cases, we have to know when and how to communicate certain things in order to get our point across or to stay alive. So, mm. you know, we can't ignore each other anymore. You know, the mentalities of old have to diminish. Like, everybody that's in America right now is here to stay. So yeah. it behooves us to do the right thing and learn how to get along and learn how to communicate with each other or else we're going to see a lot more violence and we're going to see a lot more craziness that's going to happen and it's all based on ignorance and mm. the refusal to coexist with one another just because somebody looks different or because somebody has a, you know a, a you know a different culture and the whole we're, we're all the same thing that's bullshit too mm. like we're not the same and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. All right? Mm. It's, it's okay to be different. You're, it's okay to come from a different background or to have a different, you know, uh, 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 experience in your life. Our yeah. job as human beings is to learn how to appreciate those people and their differences. Stop trying to make people the same. That's why everybody is bugging out right now, because we're not the same. And even though the sentiment behind it, I get it. You know, we all want to be one, you know, things of that nature, stuff like that. I don't know if you have brothers or sisters or not. Yeah, no. And we're not the same. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah. But they're my brothers and my sisters. Yeah, I I agree. This is a different approach, but I, I, I do agree with what you're saying. You know, it, it's, we have to stop that. We have to, and, and again, I understand. I do understand that there are people who just want to get along. So people are trying to find the, the similarities in each other, which I get. And, I, and, there, are, and there are similarities. Those exist. Mm. But what's more important is that we understand and embrace and accept people's differences. Mm. That, that's... That's a great statement right there that people should definitely reflect on. Yeah, like, it, it's so important. We are not the same. Mm-hmm. I did not come from China. Mm-hmm. I'm from Philly. So I could possibly learn something from somebody who came from China, and that person could learn from me. We can learn from people. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a great approach. So, you know, again, I... I've learned a lot by making my own mistakes, but more so uh, observing. Mm. I just watch a lot of the stuff that happens in the world. I don't say shit. I just, I just sit and I watch. Mm. I watch and I look at how people react to certain things. I was one of those people that when Instagram was, was new and people would say something and I would catch feelings, 
and write some stuff based on what I saw, a meme or a video or whatever, and then find out 10 minutes later that that shit was bullshit. And then you look stupid, and then you got to retract what you said. Yeah. Because you didn't do enough uh, research yourself to, to, to not get caught up in the emotion of things. Yeah. We got to stop doing that. I agree. We, People's we, lives are so evolved around social media right now. We got to stop. Again, it's synthetic. It takes, as quickly as you saw that meme on Instagram, it takes you five, maybe ten more seconds to look up to see if that's true or not. Mm. Or if it's even worth even caring about. Yeah. This is, this is definitely taken over the world, though. Like, social media, like everything. You, you walk around, people with their phones down. Yeah. I get it. And that's cool, mm-hmm. I guess. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. You know, you, you uh, it, it's what it is. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the state of the world. You know what I mean? That we live in. Yeah. I get it. But, you know, we as human beings have the ability to, uh, the ability to display confidence, to know how, know how, to, to know when to say when. Hmm. To, to, to know when, okay, this, all right. I'm having fun here, but all right, this is about enough. Let me let me put that drink down. Mm. Because you can get drunk by social media. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you can. You can get drunk. I've done it. I know other people that's done it. You know, you, you can get wrapped up. Yeah, you can. And the uh, admirations and the drama and the this and the that and the, the, all the other stuff. We all get caught up in it. We're human. And that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to wrap us up in a world that we may not fully understand. Mm-hmm. So we have to get a grip. We have to get a better understanding of what this, this mechanism is so that we're not we're not hurt by it. Yeah, I, and, I, and, and, I agree and, with and your point. It, I hate to, uh, to rush you off, man, but I actually got to go, my dude. Like, uh, I got a couple things I got to do with my daughter, and I just have a couple of uh, business things I got to take care of. Yeah, no problem. And I appreciate you calling in tonight and definitely wasn't expecting it to turn into uh, like the technology and everything. It was definitely an interesting interview, and I enjoyed it. Oh, man, thank you, Max. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, thank you and, and, and all those who are listening. I don't know how many are listening, but I would love to uh, – I would love to – honestly, this is, and this is where social media is helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, I have an Instagram, Sean Stockman Official, right? Yeah. If you heard this interview, let me know what you thought about, what was talked about, what was discussed, good or bad. I welcome it all. Just be respectful. <laughs> yeah. And let my man Max know, too. Like, you know, let him know what you guys thought about this interview and this conversation. Because part of what is good about social media is, is being able to communicate certain things and hearing people's feedback. Mm-hmm. But then it can't stop there, though. No. It, I mean, it can't, you know, it, it, it has to continue. So my thing is, if you guys enjoyed it, let us know. If you didn't, let us know why. Yeah. And, you know, once again, I thank you for taking the time, bro. Um, you know, I hope the listeners enjoyed it and got something out of it. I appreciate and, uh, it. This is big for me, and I really appreciate you um, doing this for me. And, yeah, um, man, it's, it's all love, bro. Yeah, I want the listeners to know. Now, you're going to be in New York. Uh, you said you're performing at Radio City. W- w- when is the date? 
that's February 15th. Oh, that's February 15th. So that's a couple, yeah. few days from now. Yeah, it's the anniversary, anniversary uh, show. The show, okay. Yeah, I definitely. People should go out and uh, get tickets for that. And um, uh, it, it, I think it's sold out. It's sold out? <laughs> well, of course it would be. <laughs> but if you got them, I'll see you there. Yeah, definitely. And um, um, I want to thank uh, your uh, publicist for... Um, contacting me and also setting up this interview as well uh uh jo- yeah, joan joanne, joanne. Yeah, 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 and um anytime um i know because you, you said you're releasing your album um if you want to do another phone interview when uh that you release your album um yeah. if you do a phone interview or if you happen to be an area st john's would love to have you in as well i'd love that i'd love that yeah definitely uh we'll stay in touch and um i know i brought up uh with some of the members of the station uh, next semester, we're thinking about possibly bringing up the student government a throwback concert. Would you be interested in performing? It... Sure, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I was definitely sounds thinking like about that. I'll make sure I wear my Villanova jersey. <laughs> 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 no, you'll you'll be accepted because you know it's boys to men, and you're Sean Stockman. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. Love the St. John. Yeah, yep. Yeah, love the Villanova. You're a Villanova fan. Well, you know, I'm from Philly. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's a Villanova fan in Philly. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. We'd love to have you in for an interview, um, phone interview, a, a concert here, definitely. Hey, man, I, I'm all good. I would love to do that. Yep, yeah, anytime. Um, I know you're going to Europe, so um, I don't know what, what your plans are looking like in May if you wanted to come out, um, if you're around here performing uh, the, the album that you dropped, you want to do an interview at the studio, I'm, I'm for it. Good, and I'll let you know, Max, for sure. I I appreciate you calling in tonight, and uh, have a good night, and um, and enjoy your tour in Europe and uh, your performance at Radio City this week. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, and and best wishes, and and God bless your show, and and I hope that, uh, you know, this this helps even bring more light to it, bro. Thank you for uh, letting me be a part of it. No problem. Thank you, and uh, God bless you as well, Sean. Yes, sir. You take care. You too. Now that was uh, Sean Stockman from Boys to Men. What a great interview! Shout out to Sean Stockman. Shout out to Boomerang Radio. Shout out to his publicist Joanne. Um, definitely a great interview in which we learned a lot about like the backstory, the backstory of the albums, his career, Grammys, ton of content in there. Which this will be later posted up on my Podbean. Um, anything you want to reflect on, Zaire? I just want to say. What he said about social media and how it's not really social anymore. It's about more about showcasing more than it is social. And I think he was right, right on about that. And I agree with him on that statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. It was definitely um, one of my greatest interviews, if not my best, because we didn't just dissect into the music. We we got into social issues. We got into um, right. issues that we need to discuss yeah. that we don't have in everyday conversations yeah i think we definitely got to like life in, in general mm-hmm. like that goes beyond music and that was great to touch upon with um yeah and it was definitely uh um interview in which you can learn from which uh, i will definitely post on my pod bean no doubt about it and um i want you to um shout out your instagram oh for uh, if anybody need any flyers done, any cartoons, any album covers, 
or you want beats, hit up Zay Designs that from for designs mainly. Z a y d e s i g n s t h a t. If you want any beats or even if you're interested in like fitness or anything like that related, hit up my Trippy Zay account. T r i p p y y dot z a y. Mm-hmm. And now you were pointing at me before. Did you? Was there something you wanted me to say or ask? What was it? Oh no. <laughs> I forgot uh, his name. Oh, Sean Stock? Yeah. yeah. I, was, I just got like, stuck for a minute. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Shout out to Sean. And um, now we'll be closing out the show because we ran over time. We'll be discussing sports next week. I want to make a major announcement right now that Kelvin Beecham Jr. from the New York Jets will be calling in next week at 8.30 p.m. So be tuned in for that and stay on my Instagram page at the Real Max T H E R double E L M A X and uh, Zaire also made the fire flyer promo for it, which uh, shout shout out your uh, page again. He'll promote yeah. it on there as Trippies well. Trippy T R I P P Y Y dot Z A Y. It's my main account. Hit me up there for any designs when we do flyers, and my design account actually is my Zay Designs that Z A Y D E S I G N S T H A T. That's my design account. Hit me up on there for flyers, cartoon characters, um, album covers, anything that's uh, visual guided and a visual direction. I can help you with that. You can set stuff up. Definitely. I can't wait for everyone who's listening in and for everyone on Instagram, everyone in the world, to see the flyer that he made for Calvin Beecham Jr. And shout out to him making the Sean Stockman flyer for tonight, which was beautifully done. Uh, this man definitely has an artistic and graphic design ability. Thank you. And uh, I want to shout him out. I want to shout out to uh, Sports Fever and the Trumbull Mall, uh, Connecticut, back home um, for the nice jerseys and apparel. And Mike's doing his thing down there. Uh, anything uh, you'd like to close the show out with? Uh, Any other details? I just want to say thank you for having me here. No, no yeah. problem. You know, think, yeah. it, it, it's love. And. Um, uh, you're welcome to come anytime, and you're making you're basically a part of my show now because you've been making all the promo things yeah, for the you. show, and I appreciate it. You're definitely a part of uh, my journey and process, and uh, we'll be building together. Same here. And um, now we're gonna close out the show with uh, a boys to men song. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Sounds like a plan. Yep. Sounds like a plan. Well, this is uh, DJ Mad Max on WSJU Radio signing off. To Boys to Men and Sean Stockman interview with my brother here, Zaire, dope graphic designer again. And uh, see you next week, 8 p.m. Tune in, WSAU Radio. You know what it is. Would you rather study hard? The good time that made us laugh I'll wait back I thought we'd get to see forever But forever is gone away It's so
just like you did, man. But that's alright. I love you anyway. And I'm still gonna be here for you to my dying day, baby. Right now, I'm just in so much pain, baby. Cause you just won't come back to me, will you? Just come back to me. Yes, baby, my heart is lonely. My heart hurts, baby. Yes, I feel pain too. It's a nice